in his wonderful and holy presence. Father, we thank you again for this wonderful, great, and marvelous day that you have given us to come together as we celebrate Mother's Day, Lord God, as we just take the time to pause and give thanks for them, for all that they do, for all that uh, you have placed in them and that they give to the world. So we just bless you, Father, and we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Uh, let's, again, let's look at the scripture we just read there. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1 again, and, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. We were in pretty bad shape. Can we say that? But here is verse 4 is our key verse here. But God. Now, uh, you know, when you see the word but, it means forget everything that was before it. All right? Um, so it cancels out everything that's before it because of what's about to come. So all those things, the bad shape that we were in, and then we get to verse 4, it says, but God, God has canceled that out. He is rich in mercy for his what type of love? Great love. Not just love, but his great love wherewith he loved us. So because of this great love, it canceled out all this bad stuff that we were when we accept him. Going on to verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, he loved us with this great love even when we were dead in sins. So what is he talking about here? unconditional love now there are some people we we might meet them and we might not kind of like them <laughs> because of the way they are and some people maybe they we like them but then they start changing and when they start changing our feelings toward them start changing and to pretty soon, you can go from loving a person until absolutely, I, I don't like using this word, but I'll just say it just for, 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 for the sake of this, to absolutely hating them. Not God, though. Not God. This love that God loved us with, this great love, he loved us even when, verse 5, we were dead in sins. So at our lowest of lowest state, he loved us just the same. With this great love, with this great love. I'm going to get to the mother's thing here. Let me, let me set this up. Y'all Can y'all handle it? All right. Let's keep moving. So with this great love wherewith he loved us and has quickened us or made us alive, quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Glory to God. It, I mean, it's such a marvelous thing to know that God's love never changes. It is unconditional. 
And then he even raised us up, verse 6, and caused us to sit together, made us sit with Christ in heavenly places. Yes, we who were dead in trespasses and sin. The whole thing I want to get here is that God's love was great toward us. It was so great that when we were at our worst, he loved us just the same. Because I want to just, just, just talk about this then um, today. What's greater, what is greater than a mother's love? And that's this love we just talked about. That's this love we just talked about. Now, in Sunday school this morning, our lesson here, our theme was mothers are God-made, not (laughs) man-made. And you think, what? Mothers are God-made? Yes. You cannot take a man in any room, any place on this earth or any other planet in this universe, take a man in a room and bring him out and make him a mother. Why? Because mothers are God-made, not man-made. I don't care how skilled a surgeon a man is or a surgeon, how skilled a person a surgeon is. If a man goes in that room, when he comes out, he will be a man. Okay? So so mothers are God-made, and we looked at, again, in Sunday school, the things that are so, so very different between a man and a woman, that God designed the woman to carry and grow life. He created her very differently to to feed life. Man can't do that. Again, there's nothing that you can do artificially to a man that could cause him to grow life. Can't happen. Can't happen. And even in uh, inside the soul of a man and inside the soul of a woman, they are very different. We talked about is nurturing natural. And l- let me just read a little bit of this here. It says, when it comes to children, are men just hard, cold, and insensitive? <laughs> and women soft and hypersensitive? Or is there more to it? Yes, there's more to it. Because men and women are different by godly design. By godly design. I know there are areas where there seems to be a slight lap over, but for the most part, for the most part, when we look straight down the line, God designed men to handle the harshness of this sin-cursed world, to provide and to protect. And he, and he created and designed a woman to nurture. That's natural for her, to nurture. And that, that's why we talk about this motherly love that man seems to just run a little short of sometimes. Well, because God designed us differently. You know, you, you think about this. Uh, women, we may not think of them as being necessarily uh, how you would, brave, courageous from the standpoint of, you know, man, man fight a bear and all this. But here's the difference. The child is outside playing. The mom and dad in the house. Mama looks out the door, looks through the screen door. Y'all know what a screen door is? I know, I know a lot of <laughs> She looks through the screen door, and she sees this bear. The child is out there playing. She sees this bear coming out of the woods toward her child. Well, she's standing there sweeping. She just takes off and runs towards the child. And the husband Shouts, you know, what's wrong? A bear, bear. 
and you know, okay, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? What is she going to do? Well, here's the issue. She's not thinking about that's a, a bear. I can't kill a bear with my bare hands because the daddy doesn't run out. Where does he go? He runs over to the rack and grabs a gun. But she doesn't. Her instinct is to go immediately to save her child, whatever it costs her. Because men's mind are work more on the logic side, and we think, I got to get something to kill this bear. So we go to the gun rack. She's gone out the door already because it's her baby. It's her baby. And when it's your baby, you'll jump into the shark, and they fall in the water. You'll jump into the shark-infected water to, to, to get it. When it's somebody else's baby, you send them a card. But when it's your baby, don't nothing else matter. And see, that's a mother's love. But there's a love that's greater than that, what we looked at. And that's the love of Christ. But go to John 17. Let's let's look at John 17. We'll give one more of those, and then uh, we'll look at something else. Hallelujah. So, so this design, this design that God did, God knows, how many of you know God knows what he's doing? Glory to God. Because Now watch this. When she runs out the door to get her baby with nothing but a broom, all right? And this, this is why God, God made man and woman. He runs to the gun rack. He's a crack shot, you know, because he knows how to squirrel hunt. So he's a crack shot. And when she, she, as she's approaching, it momentarily causes the bear to freeze to see what's going on. He's distracted momentarily, which is long enough for Pop to lay down on him because they work together. God knows what he's doing because in his mind, he's thinking, woman, where are you going? You can't whoop a bear. And she's going, I'm going to get my baby. But the two of them working together. And it's long enough for the man to get the shot off to kill the bear. Once again, God knows what he's doing. But it's that mother's love that causes her to go after her baby. Hallelujah. John 17, verse last, last verse there in that chapter, verse 26. Jesus is praying. This is called Jesus' high priestly prayer. And he says to the Father, I have declared unto them thy name. And will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. So understand again that God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. It doesn't matter what condition we're in. It doesn't matter because this is, here's one difference when you talk about what's greater than a mother's love. A mother's love, again, is it's a natural love, but it's a God-given natural love. But it can be conditional. God's love is a supernatural love, and it is completely, always, without exception, unconditional. Both are required to develop a child properly. The mother's love and godly love. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Let's let's go to Second um, Kings and we'll we'll just ride this story out here. Thank you, Lord. We're talking about what's greater than a mother's love, and that's the love of of God in Christ Jesus. Second Kings chapter four. We'll start at verse eight. Thank you, Father. Now this this story here is um, is quite it's it's a good story about a woman, wife, and mother. This lady here. Start at y'all see verse eight, Second Kings chapter four, verse eight. And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shuman, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. So she says, woman to eat bread. And so it was that as often he's passed by, he turned in hither to eat bread. And she said unto her, what? Husband. So we got a woman, wife. All right. Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passes by. And so she says to her husband, let's build a chamber. Here's the wisdom of, of a woman. Let's build a chamber, a chamber for the prophet of God so that when he uh, visits our city. In other words, she added an addition onto their house, the chamber, so that when he's in our city, he'll have somewhere to stay and won't have to go stay in those hotels and ungodly places. She perceived that he was a man of God. Hallelujah. Now, let, let me ask you this, and, and, and I've been told this, and you know, you read your word and so forth, and, and, and uh, people would say you've heard this over and over. Women are more spiritual than men. Is it true? That women are more spiritual. I heard somebody say sensitive. Well, there's spiritual sensitivity. But what was, what was really the issue? How did women get the title of being more sensitive, spiritually sensitive, than men? Well, it's because men were out there in that world all day long, beating around on some of everything, you know, fighting the bushes and fighting each other and fighting this and fighting that. And, and they just weren't taking the time to develop their spirit. Whereas, whereas most women during, you know, we, we know society has changed a lot. But during that time, most women did not work. Now, let me say this very clearly. Raising a family, taking care of children, I'd much rather work two shifts every day than have to do what uh, mothers do. I'd rather work a double shift every day and twice on Saturday, two shifts on Saturday. Than have to do. I, when we were raising our children, my wife and I, we were raising our children, you know, every once in a while you get a taste of it. Hmm? You get a taste of it. I can remember when our first child was born, uh, 1991, and then we had the second one. And, and the ladies at the church, the church that we were in at that time in Maryland, little AME church way off in the woods, and uh, it, they were so sweet. The, the, the ladies in the church were so sweet to me. We were, you know, a young couple back then, 20, 28, 29 years ago, almost 29 years ago. And uh, uh, so Mary was in the hospital getting ready to have the, the second, second child. And I had India, our oldest. And, uh, you know, man, I was like, dress, dress him up for what? I put on a, on a top because it was, you know, it was in, it was in the summer because it was June. So I put, I put her on the top, you know, her little T-shirt, and she had on a pamper, and I put some socks on it. I said, let's go. 
I, I wasn't trying to put no dress and the little boot, boot, booty shoes and the little, you know, I threw a, I think I threw a, a bow red on her hair. And as soon as I hit the church door, the women took her from me. Give me that baby. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> they took the baby, took the bag. I did know what I was doing. I knew they were going to do that. I said, I said, I'm going to let them do it. So they did. But I don't know where that fit in. But wherever it fit in, just, just accept it. All right. And, uh, but that happened a lot. That happened a lot. Praise God. Oh, I know. I said I'd rather work two double shifts than have to do all that, that stuff. Because, so, you know, that's work. I mean, you have to be attentive. That's work. Right, let me go pull a motor out of a car or something. <laughs> but that's a mother's love. God graced mothers with that. Amen? Praise God. Now, what verse are we on? Y'all are supposed to be keeping up. This woman, this woman t- talking to her husband, so they, so they built a, a chamber or an addition on their house, and they treated the man of God so well that uh, uh, he asked his servant, look at verse 13, verse 13. He asked his servant, uh, what then is done for her? What does this woman need? Let me just kind of tell you the story. He says, uh, Gehazi said, looking at verse 14 now, because the prophet said, what, is this woman, does she lack anything? Now, they were a well-off family, her and her husband, but they had no children. And the prophet says to his, his servant, what's going on in their house? Is there anything she needs? And uh, verse 14, and he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child. And double whammy, and her husband is old. All right? Now, understand, this is a, a very different society than what we have today. This is an Eastern culture, very different society. And for a woman not to uh, have a child, not to bear a child, it was, they, she was thought to be cursed. And it was a reproach on her to not to have born a child. All right? So, verse 15, and he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, about nine months, thou shalt embrace a son. Now listen to what the woman says. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. She said, do not play with me. Don't play with my emotions. You know, that's that, her desire, I'm sure her desire all her life had been to have a child and once she saw that she wasn't able to conceive for whatever reason, we don't know if her or her husband, because the Bible doesn't say, she has settled in her heart, I'm just not going to have a child, and I've just set my life up like that. I've accepted the fact that I can't have a child, and I've gotten that emotionally settled. Don't stir this up again. Don't be playing with me, man. And he said, I got you. Now, verse 17 and the woman conceived and bare a son at that season, and Elijah, so she had that baby. And Elijah said unto her, as Elijah said unto her, according to the time of life. Now, verse 18, everything changes. Some years have passed. You know, when you're reading the scripture, you can be in one part of a verse uh, and read about three words, and the next word, 20 years pass. So here's a case where several years has passed in one verse. Verse 18. And when the child was grown, y'all see that? 
It fell on a day, now they don't mean he was a grown man. It fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. Where, where, where Big Daddy at? He's out there working. So he had been with his mother all this time. Now he's big enough to work. So he goes out to his father where they are reaping. And he said unto his father, my head, my head, dad, is something wrong. My head is just, oh, my head is hurting so bad. And he said to the lad, one of his workers, carry him to his mother. <laughs> See there? He said, carry him to his mother. Why? Because she know what to do. She knows how to deal with this. She's designed to handle this. All right? Verse 19. And he said unto his father, excuse me, verse, uh, verse 20. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees. So this lets you know he wasn't a grown man, meaning he was, just, he was weaned from his mother, probably, probably just a few years old. He sat on her knee till noon and then died. Now, that's just like the devil. Something you've been wanting all your life. You finally get it, and then the devil tries to snatch it from you. But this woman here, the daddy said, hey, get, take, take, him, take him to his mom. I got, I got work to do. I got to get this work done. Now, both, listen, both are needed. Because that crop has to come in because they, they still got to live and got to eat. But he said, take him to his mother. She put him on her knees. And then a few hours, he died. Now watch what happens next. And she went up and laid him on the bed. Where did she put him? On the bed of the man of God. Now this woman is wise. She was wise, first of all, to recognize that this was a man of God. And then she was even wiser investing in her, in, her, in her family, if you will, in her life. And she said, let's build an addition onto our house so he can stop at our house because this is a godly man. Glory to God. She's wise. She's a wise woman. And you know what? Remember we read over in Proverbs where it says, her husband does safely trust in her. This is a smart man also because he said he, he knows this is a wise woman. And, it, you know, he's not he's not a how do we say it? A, uh, he's not a yes man type thing. No, he just recognized this woman is smart. And he's probably thanking God for I know he is thanking God for this for his wife. And he built that house. He's baby. You ain't never been wrong. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Where are we at? Verse 21, and she went up, laid him on the prophet's bed, and shut the door upon him. But then she did this, verse 22, and she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God. He's not currently there. He's somewhere else. So they saddled her a donkey, and she went to where the man of God was. Uh, go down to verse 25. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, go see what's, what's wrong with this Shunammite woman. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her. So he went to meet her. I'm, I'm filling in. Y'all can see that, right? Verse 27. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. Mm. Caught him by the feet because she didn't want to say nothing to the servant. 
She caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away, to push her away. And the man of God, listen to this now, said, let her alone. Leave her alone. This, this is a godly woman. She ain't playing no games. If she comes and she falls at my feet like this, there's something going on. Gehazi didn't have the spiritual sensitivity to even know. This woman doesn't play games. She's a serious woman of God. All right? And the man of God said, let her alone for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord had hid it from me, hath not told me. So she, she listen to verse 25 again now. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Remember that conversation back over there in verse, uh, in, in verse uh, 16? She said, don't be playing with me, man of God. Don't be playing with me. And then she, now she brings that back up again to him. Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I ask you to pray for me so that I can have a child? No, I didn't. Did not I say, don't deceive me? Glory to God. See, he stirred up all that, that uh, 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 everything that makes a mother a mother is stirred up on the inside of her. Now, she's been robbed of that thing that's so precious to her. But what is driving her to go see this man of God, to go to these extremes? The boy's dead. It's that love that's driving her. She hasn't given up because if all she wanted to do was tell the prophet off, she would have had the funeral first, then went found him and let him have it. But she hasn't given up. Where did she put the child? On the man's bed. Again, this is a wise woman. All right. So uh, then he said, to, verse 29, then he said to Gehazi, gird up thy loins, take my staff in thy hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, don't salute him. Don't stop to talk to anybody. Like my children say, when I go in the store, I can't go in the store and come out without talking to somebody. <laughs> I try to tell them. I said, look, we grew up talking to people, not machines. So when you see somebody, you stop, you say, hey, how you doing? You know, y'all just stand right next to each other, send a text. I said, we, we even wrote letters. All right. Uh, verse 30. So he told, what, what verse, in, in the verse 29, he told Gehazi, lay my staff upon the face of the child. Now verse 30. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I would not leave thee. No, don't send, don't send your worker. You going. You, either you going with me or I'm not leaving here. <laughs> and he arose and followed her. That's powerful there, friends. I want you to see, because this, just like he's a man of God, she's a woman of God. And this love is driving her to drive this man of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was, no, there was neither voice nor hearing. Didn't do any good. Verse 32, and when Elijah was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. There's a dead child. God has given you something. And remember this. Satan comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Everything God has given 
all of us, each of us, Satan's desire is to steal, kill, and destroy it. Steal it from you. Some kind of way. Destroy it. That's his desire. God is, God is not taking children, killing children, tearing up families. No, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have to be like this woman here. We have to have a resolve in us that I'm not going to allow what God has given me, and I'm not going to allow Satan to take it from me. This woman has a resolve. She's not playing with anybody. You notice she didn't tell her husband anything? Except for just get somebody, get, get one of them boys to saddle a, a donkey for me. Again, he's a wise man. Boys, get that. Y'all heard her get that. <laughs> Why? Because she's proven herself over and over again. Glory to God. So he came into the house. He went in, verse 33. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them, twain, and prayed unto the Lord, and went up and lay upon the child, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, face to face with that child, and his hands upon his hands, and stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm, meaning he started coming back to life. Then he turned, then he returned, and walked in the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and his eyes opened. Glory to God. Why? Because this woman didn't give up. That love drove her. Just, no, that's my baby. I'm not giving up. And then verse 36. This is where it gets so good. And he called Gehazi and said, call the Shumanite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, here's your son, woman. Take up your son. Then she went and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. See, that's a mother's love. But what's greater, what's greater than that? Let's go to one other scripture. We'll be finished. Go to John chapter 3. And I think you all know where we're going. And I wanted to take the time to, to, to look at that mother's love, how great that love is. But there's a love that's greater than that. There's a love that's greater than that. And that's the love that God has for every person. Not for just his children, because I could have said that Father God has for us, but he hasn't always been Father God. He has always been God, but not Father. You have to make him your Father. Glory to God. Now, this is one time when you get to choose who your daddy be. Hallelujah. We get to choose God because God designed man to have something, some covering over him. Either he's our covering, we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior, or Satan is our covering. And we live under his dominion. That's it. There's no such thing as, I'm my own man. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Now, when I say man, that has no reference to gender. All right, John chapter 3. Hallelujah. Verse 15. We'll, we'll include verse 15. Kind of starts strange, but that's okay. That whosoever believeth, who is this for? Whosoever. 
believeth in him should not perish, but what are they going to have? Eternal life. Why? Because God so loved the world. I know it says for, but for and because are the same. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. This is what's greater than the mother's love. And that's the love that God has for all of us. That God gave his only begotten son. Jesus said that greater love hath no man than this. That a man would lay down his life for his friends. And he went on to say, you are my friends. That's a covenant term. And I lay my life down for you. Because, friends, we know in this world that we live in today, there's so much mixed up stuff going on. And the only sure love is the love of Christ. And then when we love people, yes, there's that natural love. I love my children naturally. There's that natural love that I love them. But when it comes through the love of God, that natural love becomes a supernatural love. I love my children so much I tell them the truth about everything. Hallelujah. If they're wrong, they're wrong. If they're right, they're right. And we try to train them to do the same thing. So it, 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 it's not, and you know, you hear all types of definitions of love of what people will call love. But the love that we're talking about is agape. Will you stand on your feet, please? Is agape love. The love that unconditional love that God has for us. Doesn't matter how we treat him. Doesn't matter what we think about him. Doesn't matter what we do to him or against him. His love never changes. He doesn't have a meter on his love to show how his love is fluctuating. His love is not an emotional type love. His love is a decision that he made before the foundations of the world that no matter what we did or didn't do, he would love us just the same. That's supernatural. That's tough for us to do in the natural. Someone do us wrong, the natural inclination is to get back at them. Do unto others as they did it, did it unto you. That's the natural thing. That's the natural type love. Our tendency is someone like us to, then we, it makes us kind of just naturally like them back. They show friendliness to us to show friendliness back to them. That's all godly. But there's a big difference in liking, friendliness, and love. Unconditional love. When we were dead 
in our trespasses and sins, he loved us. He still loves us. If we choose to reject him and go to hell, guess what? In hell, he'll still be loving us. Throughout eternity, he'll still be loving us. That's, what's the, that's, that's, that's the only thing that's greater than this mother's love that we've been talking about. And that's the love that if we truly love our children, that's the love we'll tell them about. That's the love that we'll live out before them. The love of Christ. Putting Christ first in our life. That's the example that we have to set before our children. I love you, but Christ is first. And I know you love me, but I want you to put Christ first in your life. I want you to put Christ first in your life. And when you put Christ first in your life, all the things that I want out of you, that I desire of you, they'll be in you. The honor, respect, the obedience, everything that, I, that you would desire in your child, if you put Christ in them first, the rest follows. Because all those things are part of the package. You get in the word. Bow your heads if you will.